All right, everybody. The name of our podcast is with Haley Deus. <laughs> Haley is a uh, musician, songwriter, painter, artist, a um, lot of awesome stuff from Rochester, New York. And she weaves baritone ukulele, which I never really thought of baritone ukulele before, and her voice to create bilingual songs of deep heart and healing. So, Haley, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so, we, our tradition with this podcast is uh, we start with a game. And it's, do you want to hear about it? Is it the business one? I'm scared. <laughs> I was thinking about this before. I was like, oh God, what's my business? <laughs> no, that's the, that's the whole idea. You're not allowed to. And, oh, um, I wasn't allowed to. Okay. Yeah, you're not, you're not allowed to think about it beforehand. Um, Dang it. Okay, I'll erase all my and thoughts. We might not know, but God and Santa Claus will. <laughs> so, Sounds good. Do you, do you, do you want to give it a shot? Okay, so the question, the prompt is like, pick a business idea and go. Well, no, it's it's that you just say, you start with, without planning anything in advance. You say it's a business, and then you have to fill out the the rest. So you pretty much just count down three, two, one, and then make something up on the spot. Okay, I can do that. It's a business. You well, I will have a bamboo hut in the jungle where people can travelers can come and lay their heads but before doing so will have the opportunity to share their talents in an array of ways um, there'll be like a cooking section for people who know how to from all over the world who want to share their gifts in the realm of spices and recipes and traditional cooking and then there will be a talent area where people can sing and share songs and there's a campfire and it's very um kind of open free space for people to sing and make music and speak poetry and then I think there should be a visual section as well where people can sort of work through whatever emotional things they're going through on the road and their travels through paint and color and collaboration and this will be sort of like a hostel like like shared bunks but it's very tropical and like laid back and we've got like maybe like an elixir lounge and a tea lounge and lots of nice cozy cuddly areas and definitely good lighting that's part of the deal yeah and i'm like just taking care of everybody I should I should have I should have guessed that you would have uh come up with an awesome idea uh for a creative space on the spot. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, I kind of cheated cuz this is like my dream. So, I kind of do really want to <laughs> okay. do that. <laughs> cuz I'm but, like that just sounds like the you would run an amazing hostel actually. I feel like yeah, my dream ultimately is to like have some kind of a community center and I've been talking about this for years with my family, my brother, my mom. Just like having a place either probably not New York, probably more like in Colombia or like somewhere um, where, yeah, travelers can come through and it's a, it's a safe, creative haven for people. I would love to create yeah. that. 
Yeah, I've. Uh, that's actually how we connected, because you, mm-hmm. you posted on Facebook, like, you know, you're looking to open up all these, like, open up creative spaces and artistic collaborations or like event creation collaborations. I was like, well, that's, Mm -hmm. I like to do that. And that's awesome that someone's reaching out on Facebook like that. Yeah, I know. It was amazing actually. Like you and like many other people reached out to me and were like, we want to help and you know, let's create a retreat together. And, um, it actually spurred me to take a big trip to Mexico, which I did earlier this year. Um, I was traveling there for like a month and like visiting old friends because I used to live in Mexico and it was wild just like how many people were like really wanting to collaborate on this sort of alternative out of the box um, creative endeavor of just which is kind of my life like I've I've gotten away from traditional jobs and I kind of have woven my own creative things into business plans and kind of off the beaten path figuring it out every day kind of things that I find really fun and creative and sort of on the edge because you never know what's going to happen next but I enjoy living that way and involving other people in a collaborative way to to just see what we can do what we can create yeah you seem like such a natural artist to me were you were you um, kind of predisposed to making art and stuff like that from like three or did you <laughs> did you get into it and start um, I mean I had a pretty dope later? preschool experience like really fun great preschool lots of crafts and I would just get I got super into boondoggle and like weaving bracelets like friendship bracelets and painting and I was always kind of a little bit competitive like I was like ooh, I knew I cared because I like wanted to kind of be good <laughs> and the other artsy kids in class would kind of we kind of created these like drawing competitions and stuff when we were young but my brother was always a natural artist really really talented visually but um the biggest influence I'd say is my mom is an opera singer um, and she ended up in Rochester for the Eastman School of Music. So I had like a lot of classical music and choirs and just like lots of classical music exposure that definitely trained my ear. Um, I can hear harmony and I can, I'm, I don't have perfect pitch, but I can hear music and I learn by listening. I don't, I can't read music. I don't know the names of chords. No fucking clue. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, but mm. no clue. Like how, okay, cool. Yeah, so like I've just had to figure it out, audio, and through listening to my mom and just listening to lots of operas and musical theater and stuff. A quick uh, question for those of our listeners and those of our hosts, maybe me, who don't know what boondoggle is. Ah. Boondoggle? Boondoggle? Boondoggle, yeah, it's like, it's fun to say. It's basically like, unfortunately, like plastic, kind of flat plastic strings. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like very weird material. But, you know, like in the 90s, we'd make like um, keychains and like, like kind of like the spiral staircase hemp design, but like out of boondoggle. Mm-hmm. And it was like indestructible because it was made oh, of plastic. Oh, that like plastic you know? uh, cabling. Like that. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're talking about. We made that stuff, too. Yeah, so maybe it had different names in different regions, but we called it Boondoggle. <laughs> it might just be one of the few people that remembers the name. I thought that was like a board yeah. game or something. <laughs> and then there were like animal, like the bead animals. Remember those? Like weaving bead animals. 
That idea. Yes. I, I got that. super into that. Like I was just always like, if there was like a new thing to learn, I would want to like, I'd be the kid in the corner, like focusing on my boondoggle, you know, <laughs> like mm. I always loved that. So yeah, I've always been just really excited about crafts and, and learning in a very hands-on. I'm not so much a, I did well in school, but I prefer learning in an apprentice kind of way. Like someone shows me, yeah. you know. Probably there's a lot of totally. people who better like that, but it's just more of an expensive, difficult way to teach people in like a one on 30 environment. I know. That's so true. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is like once you teach all the kids, the, t the kids often teach each other, you know? So like, because I kind of liked things like that, I would end up teaching all, all the other kids too. So like, I kind of always liked that role of passing knowledge on and like having it pass on to me and kids have their own little like kingdom they know what's up and they they teach each other the rules to games and <laughs> to crafts and so that was kind of like my childhood I had a really tight group of friends we would all like do stuff together build things together I'm still friends with a lot of them now um so yeah, yeah. pretty awesome. cool creative well Haley do you want to do you want to play a song for us yeah for sure yes so excited. Can you hear that okay? Yeah. Okay. So this one is called Let It All Be, and I wrote it when I was living in Seattle. And I just, it was sort of a self-soothing song, you know, moving out west and being on my own and starting over was hard sometimes, and I felt just like I needed support from myself and from whatever's out there. <laughs> so it's called that lobby. <clears throat> Touch the ground, feel it. 
aspect of a song you tend to figure out first if you're writing your vocals or you're figuring mm. out the chord progression you writing you usually tend to write verses first or chorus first all those types of things or if there's just no pattern at all it just kind of comes to you well it really varies like that one I remember um, I was really inspired by an artist named Paya and I remember borrowing like a structure from her I borrowed mm. like the song structure so I do that sometimes like like the sort of the I'll like be influenced by the melodic quality of a song and sort of emulate it or and then sometimes emulate the structure but also like I majored in creative writing for college and I write a lot of poetry mm. so sometimes I'll kind of get something going on the uke and I'll like flip through my journal and find a poem that I wrote and sort of interpret it to the song yeah that's mm. wonderful and i also envy you for that <laughs> i had just like my own poetry books laying around that i could just pick from for lyrics that's awesome yeah i mean it's a little bit of a lazy decision because i'll be like oh like i don't know what i like oh i've already written a bunch of stuff you know what i mean like i'll just kind of pluck from my own mind <laughs> have you combined uh previous works uh, of writing together in addition to maybe or is it usually like okay I'm going to take this poem create a song out of it or like I'll take this line and this line and then maybe I'll take this line and this line from this other one and then I'll throw the rest together you know write it write hmm. the rest you know what I mean you know usually it's like one it's usually like a concept like one sort of yeah. emotion or yeah. time and then I'll kind of add on to it or switch things up and adjust it you know 
but I've never any, done that other. Do you have any examples of it? Could it could be a song that you've written or or a poem that you remember, any piece of writing uh, that I mean the the best example I guess would be as if you wrote a poem a while ago and you kind of changed it into a song that you had a, a certain meaning in mind when you originally wrote it. That meaning when you kind of revisited that that piece, um, it kind of took on a new meaning. In I mean, your, in, yeah. For yourself. And maybe had it, maybe it had been years. Yeah. Who knows? Well, what kind of happens sometimes is like, I'll write a song, and then a couple years later, it that topic will feel different to me, and I'll change it a little bit. So like, mm. I wrote a song for my mom when I was living in Seattle that's like, um, originally was all about leaving my friends behind because I was like so devastated that I was leaving Seattle um and then later I like turned it into a song about like the sorrow of leaving my mom behind and going to Seattle so I kind of like switched it so the meaning sometimes yes changes just in terms of like the song remains the same and the meaning has changed but sometimes I literally change the meaning of the song <laughs> mm. later what, what did you name that song it's called western wind Wind, yeah. Fuck you, bitch, for leaving me. Ruining <coughs> yeah. my childhood. That's a song I write for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he loves his mom. Another... He's just kidding. I'm just kidding, mom. I love you. <laughs> I um, yeah. Well, those point. those are emotional <laughs> topics. I feel like you know those emotional topics of like parents and childhood and family and abandonment and sorrow and loneliness are like things that I definitely process in songwriting, and I and I think I do it in like a as beautiful a way as possible to kind of lift it for myself um, and keep it, you know, like there's pain there, but, and that's why I think a lot of my songs can be sort of melancholy or like thoughtful, but yeah, I like to address like those like fuck you feelings and like turn them into mm. something that I can like use as um, some, like solace, you know? Mm. Can I ask a bit of yeah. a more of a, uh, well, I don't, I don't need to preface this question, I'll just ask it. Um, <laughs> do you have any songs that are fully in major, or there's there's no minor at all, and they're still very sorrowful, kind of sad songs? I, I don't, personally, but I'm curious. I don't. Like, I'm pretty sure minors are in everything I do. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I, I, I just it love them. It fits with the way you just described your music as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I love minors too. I've actually given, been criticized a little bit for writing too much in minor, but <laughs> screw the haters. <laughs> hmm. Right? I'm, you just got to do what feels right. Don't hate on I have, on this I, have one, I have one song that is all in major, but it's still sad. Mm. And those are such amazing songs too because... There's a depth to them. You can kind of like be bouncing around, but like mm. realize that there's more to it, which is kind of true of life, you know. Even in the great yeah. times, like there's more going on. Um, do you write? Do you write your songs quickly, or do you take a long time to to write each of these? Um, they tend to pop out. Yeah, they tend to pop out, but some of them take years. You know. <laughs> But generally, like, I will, like, get in the mode and, like, get obsessed for, like, a couple days. And then mm. by the end of that, I'm like that with art, too. I like to, f once I have an idea, I want to finish it, you know. Mm. Just feels good. Have you yeah. ever, um, good. have you ever listened to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast about the song Hallelujah? No, but I've heard of him. Many good things. 
so it's it's a really really interesting podcast hmm. and it's about it's about the how the song hallelujah by leonard cohen came to be hmm. and he goes through the songwriting process for leonard cohen compared to someone like a bob dylan um or i a i think picasso versus cezanne compares mm. it to painters so leonard cohen it he he spent somewhere around 15 years writing hallelujah oh like all the yeah. verses like why <laughs> Be, because because he because he's a very very meticulous writer and so mm. he like has an idea just what he wants to say and he, he writes it and you know he wrote probably a hundred or more verses for that song and then pared mm. it down to a few Whoa. and and like just and he's always like tweaking them and changing them even after he released it he's he if you listen to live recordings he'll still tweak words here and there mm. and um so it's a, his right songwriting process is very long and like thought out it's not really it's maybe like it, and that's com so compare that to bob dylan who he'll be riding in the back of a taxi and then he just gets the idea for um like it's all over now baby blue and he basically just like plays it once and just writes the, the lyrics down and then he just has it so mm. his genius comes out immediately and leonard cohen's genius is in his like long mm -hmm. deliberate process right isn't that it's so it's so interesting everyone's mind works in a different way and i would say yeah. like i definitely go through a, an editing process like having been a creative writing major i can be like ridiculous mm. with the editing i have to like stop myself <laughs> from destroying what i've done you know because sometimes <laughs> i'll Not like write enough. this raw thing and i'm like no yeah i'll just like kind of get into it um so sometimes the process for me is like creating something destroying it and then rebuilding it that's kind of that that happens which is why it takes a couple days because <laughs> it'll pop <laughs> it'll pop out but then i'm like no okay. and then yeah a couple days is still a very uh short period of time to write a song yeah right that's true <laughs> so on on our on the last episode we, we were talking with um uh that's my, my brother's girlfriend but a friend of mine who is a uh, who she's designs clothing um, so that's her mm -hmm. main art form but she also has other creative outlets that's actually kind of the avenue i wanted to touch on with you which is that obviously you're a fantastic musician everybody just heard that um, i'm curious i'm curious a bit more um, you talked a little bit about some of your creative outlets as a child currently do you use other creative outlets to kind of help feed your music creativity or create your creativity soul in general oh my god so many yes big yes i paint um i also um do ceremonies so more specifically so painting is a kind of its own realm although it is related um, because the themes are very similar but um in terms of like another art form that's really related and includes my music i would say ceremony and when i was living in mexico i learned about cacao and how to serve and share cacao in ceremony and so that has been a huge outlet for my music outside of just you know songwriting i do sound baths i kind of do like um like i have a native flute and i have a big quartz bowl and i have shakers and i kind of create a sound experience mixed in with a looping device that i have where i'll do like harmonic vocal layers 
and then I'll add in the uke and I'll kind of create this like sonic landscape um, for the purpose of setting the tone for a cacao experience. So that has been an art form that I've been learning the past couple of years. Um, and it's so old and ancient and beautiful and, yeah. and I'm just totally a student of it, but uh, I enjoy cool. it. How have you been learning that? Have you had any like apprenticeships and yeah. running ceremony? Totally. So I started out um, sort of with my former partner in Mexico. I was doing um, some ceremonies and he sort of introduced me to the world and I just went to a bunch of ceremonies and learned by watching. But then this year I went to take a workshop in Mexico for three days with a woman who taught us how to make the cacao the beverage from total scratch from like the raw seeds um and how to do it traditionally and with just fire and just like a clay pot and and like a grinder so we learned how to do right and so it's like a it's like the creation of the cacao or the working with the cacao she said is really the ceremony like your the intention you put into it you know offering it to the fire your prayers, the songs that you sing to the fire, you have to sing four songs to the fire while you're creating it. It's like part of the tradition. You have to offer everything to the four directions and the trees and the fire and the ground and the sky. And it's like a whole process. And then by the time you actually sit down in ceremony, you know, the ceremony's already happened. (laughs) So then you're just sharing it, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be um, what we would think of as like a formal... I mean, yes, there's formality to it, but yeah, it's just kind of like life is, is a ceremony type of, type of idea. And that was a new concept for me through that. So did I answer your question? Yeah, so it took a, took a workshop and learned about that and have been continuing to work with it on my own since quarantine happened, basically. Are there any, uh, any instruments that are on the top of your list to either include in, your, in the ceremonies next um, or like, I guess instruments that you, that you haven't learned yet that you'd Mm -hmm. like, that you think would be a great addition to everything that you're doing. Yeah, definitely. And I, can I go grab it really quick? (laughs) Oh yeah. Can we edit, can we edit this part out? Just like silence. Hold on. No, we can't, but we will, (laughs) we will, we will stall gladly. (laughs) I actually really like the door creaking. I think it adds like a kind of a cool effect to, the, yeah. to everything going on. Um, okay. Oh my god! At the, at the okay, did you see oh. this? It's so cool. It's a it's called a ningoni, and it's oh a, I've seen these. Yeah, it's a African harp, and my boyfriend makes them. So he made this from a gourd that he grew, and they're beautiful. You can kind of, and I'm totally learning. So this is like. It's just like this beautiful melodic thing. And I've been, I'm recording an album right now. And I, what I did to trick everyone into thinking I know how to play this is I, (laughs) I like kind of just fiddled like that, you know, over my track on like three different layers. And then I edited them all together just to create a melody. Mm. So I've been playing with it and like loving it. So I, this is something I'd love to really dive into and learn more about and, write songs what's, with and what's what's that called again and then it's called an ingoni so n-g-o-n-i ingoni okay 
Yeah, there is an amazing Ingonia player in the um, frequently at the uh, Bedford Ave stop in New York City when I was living there, and mm. just this so really like powerful uh, voice, really interesting style of singing. It's this kind of like um, it like al- al- almost. Like there's some kind of connection between that style of singing and like Native American singing, where it's like, mm-hmm. ah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh-huh. this kind yeah, of, yeah. yeah. I, I don't More know how chanting. to describe that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do. That's beautiful. Yeah, love it. And these are related to the Cora, which are a bit bigger, mm-hmm. and that yeah. would be really cool to learn too, just because they're beautiful and huge. <laughs> but yeah. Have um have you have you been in ayahuasca ceremonies? No, I still have never done that. I know a lot of songs from... I know a lot of songs that are played in ceremony, but I've never done one. Yeah, I mean, your music struck me very much as, like, um, the exact thing I would want to hear in a ceremony. And, the, and <laughs> well, that's flattering. very much uh, related to the music that I hear. And mm-hmm. that... Those, like... I, I've, I've done ayahuasca ceremonies and, and a peyote ceremony. And those even as much as i had a connection to music before those really deepened my my connection to music even more because like before like i'd never been in a to a, a like heard music in a context where there's something so much deeper about it where mm. there's this whole ritual and ceremony around it and of course yeah. like and when you're um, the the instruments take on like personalities. It, they turn more into like voices of um, yeah, of a spirit. And, right. Yeah. And when I was when I was in Colombia, just just simple things. Uh, I did an ayahuasca ceremony, and for the first like forty minutes to an hour, it's just totally silent, and uh, and no one speaks. And then after like an hour of sitting there in the in the dark and uh, starting to feel uh, the effects coming on, mm-hmm. then they just play a lone harmonica, just like mm. a couple notes, and it just really it just opens up this space. It feels like such this welcome spirit um, mm. coming in, being like, "Yes, okay, I know it's scary, but I'm here for you." Very soothing. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And that and that to mm. me is like that kind of I love music. I love lots of different kinds of music, but this type of music you're talking about speaks to me so deeply like that's the ultimate like for you to say that, that that's what you'd want to hear when you're in ceremony is like such an awesome thing to say because that's what I love. Like I love speaking to the deeper side of people. Like I like connecting with the side of people that they might that is vulnerable and scared or like just needs nurturing on some level that isn't acceptable socially. And, um, I just love opening that space up for people to feel safe and be real. You know, I think everyone needs that and not everyone has that in their friends, friend and family groups. So Mm. to me, it's like, if I can create a public space, which is part of my dream with opening a center, like create a public space where people can come and feel safe and not only safe, but like once people feel safe is when their magic starts to happen. When you're not 
when you don't feel safe, you know, you can never fully access your potential. So, um, I just think that that's sort of the key to something. And that's why I make the style of music that I make because, um, I find it very soothing to myself and I find it to make just creating a safe environment where people feel relaxed and connected to deeper ideas and sort of, um, open to sharing themselves, you know? Where, where do you think that, that interest came from, um, in holding that space for, for other people? Well, it was kind of my role in my family because my family, um, long story short, like just broken family. Um, my brother and I were definitely like kind of holding it together a little bit, like amazing parents love each of them. I have four parents, like two of them remarried. So four parents, bit chaotic, um, really hard emotionally. So I think what ended up happening was like, I became the diplomat and I became the one who held emotional space for others. And, um, I really enjoy that role. I, it wasn't always healthy and I've had to learn how to reclaim that for myself in a way that is healthy and like, um, mature, which is why I think, um, these outlets are really helpful to me because it's like doing what I know how to do really well, but in a safe place for myself, you know, where I'm, where I'm taken care of and, um, I'm willingly and like choosing to create the space instead of having to out of like survival, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like the kind of, the kind of need for that yourself gives you, um, it means that you've, you've been to the same place that other people are at who need it. So you like, you can speak that language. Like you've, you've learned that language Mm -hmm. to some degree. Right. And like being, having like been someone who didn't know what cacao was three or four years ago, and like sharing cacao with a bunch of people who have no idea what it is. Like it's easy for me to connect with those people. And it's also having been to Mexico and met the people and like felt, um, like I, like I've touched it in its, where in its heart, like where it comes from, you know, I'm very careful in my ceremonies not to just like pay credence to where it comes from and, and the people and some of the truths that I've learned with the people and, just trying to do it in a really authentic way where it's not like pretending that I have answers or that I have a secret. It's more like this is something that's available to people that people have been using for thousands of years that is really beautiful and helpful. And like I found it and it helped me. So here we go. Like, let's do this. It's, it's a resource that we can use that is being given freely, you know. Has there been like a... Um a breakthrough moment or a breakthrough experience with an individual through one of these ceremonies that you've held, you've hosted, that really kind of everything, all the effort, energy, time that you've invested into this, into this whole thing, that it kind of, it all came flowing back to you, you know, like there's, you had this Mm -hmm. impact on a specific person at a specific time, maybe at the beginning of this experience and it was like, yes, this is why I'm doing this something in that realm yeah yeah like several but like one that I love (laughs) was um a cacao ceremony that I did that was on the topic of joy and I remember like a group of people came who had never done this before and they 
we're a little out of their element, you know, like sitting on the floor cross-legged and like, you know, drinking this brew that was bitter and they were kind of like, they were open and there, but they, there was a specifically like kind of muscly big guy <laughs> and he came in and he just seemed like a muscly big guy who was like, you know, not sure what was going on and checking it out and maybe a little tight and stiff in the beginning. And then by the end, I felt like he was just a little boy. Like he just seemed like his, his body was different and he was smiling and he was just like talking about when he was a little kid and like the joy that he felt and, and he didn't need to really say anything to me after he might've said like, that was amazing. Thank you. Or whatever. But like, I just saw it. I was like, wow, like that was so cool because maybe I would have judged him out and out on the street. Like, Oh, like classic, like gym guy or something. But he was, it was humbling for me, I guess, um, to watch his process kind of just getting squishy and vulnerable (laughs) with a group of people that he didn't know. And, um, and that was clearly his first experience with anything like that. So, um, right. Yeah. And, and the intention that he showed in showing up at all. I mean, right. this is a voluntary thing, obviously. So could have just not come at all and not been willing yeah. to be vulnerable for. Yeah. And totally. Like yeah. I know. And I think, um, yeah, the first step is showing up and that's definitely not what most, what a lot of people will do. So definitely kudos for that. And I, I want to keep doing more of them once we can start gathering more. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I miss it yeah. a lot. And is your main, um, the main place where you do this, it's in Rochester in the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do them in Mexico when I go there. Um, but yeah, I live in Rochester, um, and so starting in September, I'll be going to Columbia and spending half the year there, half the year Rochester. So I'll probably start doing them there too, once I get the lay of the land and meet people and mm-hmm. you know. Has, has, have you found that there's people already? My my cousin does a lot of, um, and his wife do a lot of sound healing stuff in New York, in New York City, but also in upstate New York. Not in Rochester though, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if. Is there, are you kind of like one of the first people to start these kind of sound healing cow ceremonies or anything even in this general uh, realm in Rochester? Definitely not on the sound healing front. Um, Cacao, I'd say I'm one of the first because I do know of another woman who shares cacao in her yoga classes. Um, So I know that, and she, like me, she came to my cacao ceremony and and we connected and she was like, I'm doing this too. Like let's connect. Um, but I haven't met anyone else besides her. Um, and I'm pretty vocal about it. And so I haven't run into anyone else doing cacao. It's definitely a newer phenomenon here. Although in other places it's totally like old school, but <laughs> for Rochester, it's yeah. new. <laughs> it's funny in, in Mexico, in, uh, in Mexico, in city, the ecstatic dance, every single ecstatic dance starts with a cacao. Yeah. Um, ceremony yeah and even out west like in seattle i had cacao a couple times and like um you know so think i think things kind of happen in ripples that spread slowly as as quickly as people are ready for it to arrive and i think people are starting to to be like really interested in this type of thing lately it's really it's really cool to be um 
to find to if there's something that you love and then you are able to bring that to a place where it isn't already that's that's a it's so fun it's really like it brings me so much joy and another thing that i did um was just like learning about raw food and like raw desserts out west and i brought that back and started a raw dessert business and like that was kind of new like there weren't there aren't a lot of raw dessert yeah make a raw garbage plate oh i know actually that's (laughs) (laughs) there's a compost plate in rochester you guys should try it oh really (laughs) it's at a place called red fern it's really great the compost plate is where it's at (laughs) no do you know what a garbage plate is garbage plate it's a rochester thing it's like what you eat when you're totally shit drunk (laughs) (laughs) basically it's it's, it's just like a mash of like picnic food (laughs) okay but dan how did you know how because um i'm near rochester i'm Uh, but you're not in rochester though i'm not in rochester (laughs) but i'm near rochester I have cousins in Rochester, and then my ah, uh, got, first yeah, roommate in college was connect. from Rochester. All right. I think it actually might have taken me until college to find out about it, though. Classic, because college, yeah. you know, it's generally <laughs> when you need them. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I nev- I've never had one. Yeah, I haven't, because I'm not into Like, I Yeah. yeah. I feel good. like it would make me feel sick if I ate it. <laughs> so, so, there, there's, so, basically, for... Could, could you describe what a garbage plate is? What all the elements of it are? Yeah, it's like mac salad. Pretty sure there's like beans, like, you know, whatever, that like brown saucy bean thing. Yeah. Um, mac salad, potato salad, a couple of burgers, a couple of hots, and then like, a, and then a special meat sauce, which is usually varies depending on the place that's serving it. They have their like special recipe. Yeah. And then like so mustard, it's... ketchup, you know, it's a bonanza. So two spicy hot dogs two burgers mac salad potato salad and a bunch of other shit and beans, so yeah so it's uh, so it's this massive plate of food and there's uh there's a race in rochester where you have to like you run and then you eat a garbage like it's Ew. you run like a mile and then you eat a garbage plate and then you turn you run back oh. and so it's it's a team running so there's, you know, it's supposed to be like, I don't know, for, this might not be right, but let's just say it's two people running, like one person runs part of the way, like eat a garbage plate, then like run the rest, and then they like tag off to their uh, to someone else, and they eat a garbage plate, and they run. Oh so, my god. So I, one of my friends was doing this race with his partner, and then... Um, and then he, he got to his, he ate, ran, ate his garbage plate, kept running, and then his partner's like, um, was like, uh, like, was either like, I don't, he didn't want to run. Mm-hmm. I think this he story just, like, sounds decided, like it's going to end in vomit. It has to end in vomit, right? <laughs> it has to. has to. Um, so his friend was like, I don't want to run. And then, so then John just ate the other garbage plate and then ran the rest of the race and yeah he vomited Mm. (laughs) he did of course he did he ate two he ate two garbage plates and ran like four fucking miles that is gnarly see that's like whoa yeah that's rochester for you that's like something someone will be proud of here that is a massive human rights violation (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) like a self-love violation is that like a good example of a rochester hero 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> he's probably on some, like, wall framed, you know. Yeah, he's actually, in Mo- in Montreal, uh, one entire uh, side of a building is just Leonard Cohen, and John has that in Rochester. <laughs> it's the most prominent part of the skyline. His cool. face. A little bit embarrassing, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> John Don, I think we're actually going to have him on the podcast. He's a musician, too. No way. Yeah. Make him retell that entire thing. While so eating two garbage plates. Yeah, how does he have time to play music as well? Uh... <laughs> That'd be a, that'd be kind of a funny bit to uh, invite someone from Rochester on the podcast and make them eat a garbage plate while, while talking and singing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a very uh, appeasing audio experience, I don't think. <laughs> it's we we can make it into a um, what's it called when it's just the sound like really really close to the microphone ASMR. ASMR, yeah. Oh yes, that'll be hot. Like some some <laughs> Mac salad ASMR. <laughs> oh my god. So this so, that's kind of a you know there are people who do ASMR, who, so some people receive that sexually, but it's mm-hmm. there's nothing inherently sexual about the act that, that the person's putting out. Um, it's just sounds. And they're like, you know, maybe speaking kind of seductively, just because it's in a whisper, and wh- whispers are kind of like inherently seductive. Mm-hmm. But um, some some YouTubers get demonetized because they're doing ASMR, oh, and no. and YouTube and is, labels it as like way. sexual content. And no fair. I feel like the ones that are just like crinkling paper though are like my favorite, like crinkling tin foil, or like I don't know, just like really soft natural sounds kind of nice my my pretty i don't really do do asmr stuff i don't i don't don't listen to it um but the one i have and watch is as pleasing to watch as it is to listen to is uh is a tortoise eating a piece of dragon fruit (laughs) (laughs) that's adorable because i i love turtles and tortoises yeah, you um, asked me to maybe paint you one, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm nomadic against my will now. Um, well, now I'm not nomadic, but I, I don't have a ho- I don't have like a, a home base, so I can't really mm-hmm. bring a painting around with me, unfortunately. Oh you yeah, are, you, can. you are the turtle. How much what? do you really <laughs> care about turtles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will carry that painting around with you. <laughs> Bring It'll it bring my guitar peace. case. That'd be like a weird quirk about me to share with people in hostels. Like, here's this <laughs> large painting I bring I around with me. I put it up everywhere I go in order to sleep at night. Yeah, you'd, uh, have, you'd have a Haley, you'd have a constant touring exhibition. Oh my god, that'd be yeah. amazing. <laughs> you know, case. that should that could be your niche is people who want to carry paintings around with them. Um, so then I, it's a yeah. smart niche to get into because maybe only three people on the planet want that. But then they expose your work to a lot of people in an interesting way. True that. that. That's what I'll do. I'll just like give people at the the center that I start little pieces of art to carry around. Yeah, it's a good idea. I figured it out. <laughs> um, do you uh, do you want to play another song? Yeah, sure. Let's do this. Let me think. I have so many, and I kind of want to sing one in Spanish for you guys, but the one in yeah. mind is not one that I wrote. It, 
is, is there any way to wait sorry is there any way to get your light back on because we we may oh, we may sorry. put these clips on youtube it got dark in here let me it's not my house let me figure out where the light switch okay is. <laughs> one sec all right noah you talk about something while she's doing that <laughs> one time i was thinking man if we just took all of like the soft squishy things in nature somewhat soft and squishy and like created mattresses out of them i feel go. like we could save a lot of birds and a lot of money and it's just like you know like soft moss growing on a stone there's a lot of that out there soft pine needles before they're just you know before they're really sharp um, yeah or squishy could... squishy moss feels so good I, I would love. Moss. I would love. I walk away for that. two seconds, and you guys are talking about squishy moss. <laughs> <laughs> squishy moss, like thick moss, is also fantastic as uh, nature toilet paper. That's my favorite. Actually, I've heard or that. TP True. in general. Um, I've definitely been places where there is nothing like that. But um, yeah. What What's the weirdest <laughs> thing that you before as the, a lead that into you've your ever song? Wiped with? Yeah, that you've ever wiped with. Um. That's a great question. Probably a leaf, just like a big leaf. Okay. Maybe like an, ele- like an elephant ear leaf. <laughs> Lamb's ear would be nice, but I didn't have any. So. Well, I've I've wiped with rocks before. Really? What? <laughs> really? Yeah, I had an interesting experience actually with Jacob uh, at Joshua Tree, which is uh, a national park in Southern California, with, which is yeah, in a what desert. What else is there but rocks? You know. Yeah. And so, or cactuses. <laughs> yep. So I chose the rocks. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I I had to use my hand once. Oh. <laughs> Were you in India? I, was, I feel like that might. I was. Yeah. I was in India. Yeah. Which most most of the most of the places you go in India, almost everywhere actually, there's a, a bidet, or Ooh, yeah. um or something like that. But I just went to this old school temple and went to the bathroom and then like. After I did my business, I was like, "Oh no, oh, interesting." Oh, see, that's like nightmare material. Very, yeah. I feel like it's only really horrible to wipe with your hand for the first couple seconds. Like once you have accepted that this is your fate for the next little bit, mm. you are like, "All right." It's all it's all better from there. I mean, it's not. I'm sorry, it's not. If great. there's a sink, if there's not a sink. Oh yeah, there's there's a sink. Like I went okay. and washed my hands very thoroughly afterwards <laughs> still still didn't but there might be like a situation where there wasn't a sink you know like what if mm. no that's actually it. why in um in most of india or, or at least i don't know if it's most of india but in the state where i was um Maharashtra, there's it's traditionally you only you only eat with your right hand so you like tear your naan mm-hmm. with your right hand yes. and and do that because traditionally they they would wipe with their left hand so what when you're making the food you just make it with one hand <laughs> That's... good or i question. guess you have servants servants for that i suppose i don't know who knows Sounds a little insanitary <laughs> but yeah you know different strokes for different folks yeah <laughs> Anyways, so um, now with your next hit single, The Left Hand Wipe by Haley I'll use Davis. my left hand for this one. This one is actually, so I want to share it. It's not mine. Is that okay with you guys if I do a cover? Yeah, of course. Okay. So it's, called, it's in Spanish. Um, 
and I'm blanking on the woman's name who this is by. I think it's Ayla, A-Y-L-A, Ayla. And it's about, it's a poem about an eagle and a condor, um, which classically have represented um, North and South America. So to me, my interpretation, being from the north and loving the south and traveling and kind of being a bridge between them all, I find this song just like really beautiful, sort of like talking about the, the bridging of those two worlds and flying on the back of an eagle and
Mm. <laughs> Do you guys get that okay? Yay. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love that one. Brings brings a smile to my face too. <laughs> yeah. I heard some birds. Were those on your end over there, Noah? Probably. Yeah. Um That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that probably fit in nicely with that. <laughs> they were uh, <laughs> they were responding. Even though I'm wearing headphones, so. they know. Right? I've actually noticed when I sing outside, birds start to sing. And I, it's, I've i caught it on recording a couple times. I think they know, so you know, cool. they know singing when they hear it. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Yeah, with the similar similar things. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I was, I was thinking about that. Because where, where I am, if I sit on my front porch, there's there's a bunch of birds. And... It's cool that there are people who, you know, learn to mimic bird sounds and then they can talk to the birds because they mm. like make the bird sounds and the birds will sing back and respond. That's so cool. Which which is <laughs> If they were humans, we I, I mean, there's some there's something kind of weird about that too because it's like you're talking to them and they're like, "Oh, look, total, it's another bird, obviously. It's one of my homies." <laughs> Like, that's my mom uh, calling for me, <laughs> and it's just some guy. Like, adopt you. Oh, my God, I wish. I can't whistle. It's such a bummer. If mm, I could, I, I, might, I, learned. I might do that. I was never able to until last year, and now I, I can, can like, o- only really? a little bit. Only a little bit. Hmm. Impressive. I'll never keep... too late to learn to whistle. Right? I just got to train. My lips are weak. <laughs> I think also, I I think I whistle because... There's just a lot of notes I can't hit, <laughs> so I whistle them. <laughs> and, uh, well, you can hit, hit them when you're you whistling. You can hit those notes with your with your regular singing voice. Why do you need to whistle? You're set. <laughs> now you just need like to you. learn how. Now you just right. need to learn how to whistle words. Right. No, that's the challenge right there. I don't know how that's possible. It's, it's like burping or, the or like like Bobby McFerrin. He can like well, he's not really just, whistling. He's doing like vocal toning. Yeah. Really. Yeah, no, that's can, like, actually the first thing to mind. Anything that's like vo- vocally wild, Bobby McFerrin immediately Bobby comes McFerrin. to my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you met got... him. I was like in a vocal oh, yeah. circle with him one time, and I was shitting bricks. I was so excited. Oh, God, it was awesome. wild. <laughs> we like sang together. I was like, ah. Wait, what, what was what was the context? <laughs> well, I was at Omega, which is in New York, um, like spiritual institute. They like teach a lot of classes, and I think he was there teaching some classes but we just ended up in the same voice like workshop so he was just singing along with everyone else but he legit like he stopped the teacher and he was like excuse me i'm sorry we can we change the tone because this is just not right (laughs) (laughs) here we all like he was in a workshop where there was somebody else who was teaching for a vocal thing yeah he just showed up we were it was very informal it was like vocal toning like ohms or you know something sure singing songs that oh that would be such a bummer to be that teacher be like God, yeah, I know. I'm like one of the vocal masters of the world that's like I'm supposed to is not in my class. Can you imagine? I would have been freaking out. I'd been like, anything you want, Bobby. We'll change the tone. We'll change everything. <laughs> Wait, when when you said when you said let's change the tone, what did he mean? Did he mean a vocal I, tone, or did he mean the, like the tone the energy of the class? Like I think no, I, yeah, no vocal tone. He was like, this is just the wrong pitch. It's not working for me. So we like changed yeah. it, of course. <laughs> we changed the teacher to me. Because this teacher in here really is that, not working. That would it's be not a me. really. I mean, I would, I would appreciate getting that 
absolute like horrific burn from Bobby McFerrin. If I was teaching a vocal class and Bobby McFerrin was like, you know, I I just like just want I'm just feeling like there's something wrong with the teacher in this class. <laughs> and like the way the way they're teaching and they're sp- speaking as if it's third person but he's speaking directly to you. I would oh I would God. tell that story oh. for the rest of my fucking life. Like with honor. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was a trippy experience. Um did, so you guys you guys know that his uh his number one hit single, um Don't Worry Be Happy was there were no instruments, it's just all his voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, totally. that's a really fun fact to drop on people because almost nobody is aware of that. Um, right, because, yeah, now I want to listen to it after we get out. Talking to the wrong people. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, only, I only realized that once I heard that, but I, was, I never listened to the song and thought, that's only one guy yeah, making that's all fair. those noises. That's fair. No, like, when True. I first heard it as a kid, I definitely did not think about it like that. Um, but yeah, see any like video of any workshop that he gives or seeing him live, it's like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense now. Oh my god, yeah. He just does whatever Unreal. he wants. Unreal. It's crazy. He can like sing like three notes, four notes at once. It's just wild. <laughs> That's Dreamy. so funny. He's um, yeah, funny... he's actually gonna join us on the show next week. We're really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he'll be like, Can I run the podcast? <laughs> can I ask the question? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You can. I'd, I'd be totally happy if he was on the podcast and he just berated us the whole time. <laughs> All right, Which Bobby so McFerrin. Bobby like McFerrin, it. at least from what I know of him, but it'd be fine if he did that. Yeah, right. Bobby McFerrin, if you're listening to this, you have an open invitation. Um, yeah, exactly. We love you. How can we? How can we entice him to come on? What What would he like? We can give him. Uh, I don't know, like forty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, probably, he'd probably do it for that. That probably work. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I need some money. Yeah, yeah right. No, we gotta get bribe you. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> I can. <laughs> We're like, I can we give him. Um, let's see. I have. I have this uh, wooden bear uh, playing golf in my over over here. Could, I could give him the like the bass, you know those like bass that would like on a board that would like sing a song. I had one that sang "Don't Worry, Be Happy," and he could have it if he wanted it. I want. I wonder how many times, Bobby, if you're listening to this, how many times has someone given you that present? <laughs> and you've thrown uh, it away. Also, how much money? Him, each of us could give him three. It's a business ideas. Oh goodness! Three per person. Three per oh, person. Man. I think he deserves no less. Probably deserves more than that. <laughs> That's nine business ideas. All right, let's not let's not go crazy. That one sounds, of those, yeah. one of those is bound to be a million dollar idea. Business ideas, no less. Mm. True. That you know, is I think not easy. I think after running a thousand episodes of this podcast, on the thousandth to celebrate the thousandth episode, um, I, I want to give some kind of uh, recognition or award to whoever made the most money off the business idea that they made on this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be me, guys, all the way. It could be because I'm you're, making you're, it happen. You're the so most far, realistic person to actually do your idea. Yeah, and <laughs> and combine that with the fact that it's the most realistic idea. Period. Too. All right. these other fools well. are just thinking it's just a game, but little do they know. 
be reality. Our words are powerful. Exactly. Man. I played. <laughs> I played that. I played that, and I I love that game because like different people uh, respond to it in a completely different way. Right. Where like my friend, my friend Shishi, um, who is the on on this podcast before, I played that with him off the podcast, and he was like. All right, so um, it's a restaurant, right? Except all of the food is made of cement, and and all oh. of the furni- and all of the furniture is made out of gummy bears, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's the basic idea. It was like a five to ten minute long pitch. <laughs> wow, he's got it going on, you know. He just like pops them out. I like I was listening to the one that you guys. <laughs> recorded and i was impressed with his response like it sounded like he practiced it i was intimidated i don't think he practiced it i would be <laughs> i also didn't tell him that we were going to start with that right i mean i yeah. had warning he yeah didn't. you had a warning Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man my so my uh my brother and uh and his fiance just got married this weekend oh wow congrats that's exciting thank you yeah it's, it's great and they play a game called the face game where uh, i'm not gonna make you guys play it it's uh it's this game which is gonna be hilarious on the audio version of this podcast but (laughs) so it's this game where one person makes a weird face and then the other people have to try imitating that face the only problem is i can't see you you can't see me no oh you're there oh this whole time you haven't been seeing me okay I can see, I can see both of you. Let me see if I can try and figure that out. Yeah, how's that going to work on the audio portion? It's, it's can, you, can you repeat not. what we're doing in this game? And then sadly, I actually have to go after that. Um, okay. But, but go ahead. I'm, I'm. We're fully present. Yeah. I just can't see Dan. So, so, you so can't no see... one I can play. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you and Noah play then. Um, so one person makes a face and then the other a weird face and then the other person has to try to imitate that face as closely as they can. All right. Who's going first? You can go first. Okay. Let me think. Here's here's a classic one. Ready? <laughs> you gotta do it. You gotta do it again. Really terrifying, quick. terrifying pig face. Oh my god, that, that's a classic? <laughs> I mean, I did it as a kid all the time. Ready? <laughs> yeah, stick your tongue out. <laughs> Yay! Good one. Um, okay. Um, what's, uh, what's another classic one? That's, that's, that's actually a really good one. I always, I like to do this one. Ooh, yeah. Hold on, I'm also going to include some emotion. <laughs> it's like really hard with this mic thing on. <laughs> the anger. The angst. Okay, God, it's like at this angle that I'm doing it is not good. <laughs> it's like a superhero with a constipation. Uh, man, what if we just did this for an entire podcast? <laughs> and, then published the, and then just published the audio. I think and it's actually no one good knows to what's do... Happening. Yeah, do something like that. Um, like have a bunch of, like we're having a bunch of like more or less real podcasts, and then just have one that's like that, and then continue to do a bunch of more just of drop ones. like yeah, episode four hundred and thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Little surprise. <Sweet. laughs> All right. Well, 
guys i guess that's i guess that's it for today well guys that was fun thanks that for was really talking. fun thank you so much Haley. i loved all your questions very very thoughtful cool questions <laughs> thanks so much Haley, for um yeah for making this happen your music oh definitely made my day um Yay. the road trip that we're doing right now is in jacob's truck which is musicless it's mm. uh it's got a lot of other life in it but there's there's, there's no music really available in it. Although I am stringing up my charango right now, it's just taking a while. But that was like a really needed. It was very, it was, it was very uh, refreshing and rejuvenating. So thank you. Awesome! I'm so glad. Well, yeah. Have a great rest of your trip. That sounds epic. Oh, by the way, last thing. Uh, how do people find you? Oh. Um, maybe not physically, but online. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, I'm all over the place physically, but yeah, online SoundCloud, Haley Dayas, H-A-Y-L-E-Y-D-A-Y-I-S. And then I'm also recording a new album, which will be on Spotify um, in the next couple months. I do have some music on there already, same name. And then lastly, I do have a Patreon. Um, you can find me, Haley Dayas, on Patreon. And I have um, different perks and um, tiers of things that are available to people from visual art to music to my desserts. So people can find me on there and subscribe yeah, awesome. if they want to. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks so Yay, much. Yeah, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Sounds guys. good. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later. Bye. Jacob did a classic runoff. Not quite sure where he is. Maybe he's deep in the grass somewhere over there. Anyway, he's it's still recording on his phone, but I can't figure out how to stop it. <laughs> anyway, that was really cool. She is uh, she's quite a musician and a very cool cat. Um, so yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I'll uh, talk to you soon, I'm sure.
recording? I guess so. I hope so. <laughs> was, uh... Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was? Yeah.